Okay, we've done the introductions. I'm yeah. Alana, you're Mike, you're Anthony. Mm -hmm. um, the ages, we're in Asheville, the date, all that. Um, so I understand that murder and drug trafficking got you two into prison and right. you met each other there. Right. So I'm wondering how did that all happen and how did it come about that you met each other and then we'll get into what you meant to each other after you met each other. But I want to kind of set the stage so people understand how it happened. Well, my name is Anthony Newell. I'm going to go ahead and take the liberty because we're going to do a beauty before first. I mean, age. <laughs> <laughs> beauty before age. All right. Okay. My wife may see differences. I got the fresh. Hey, love it. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's really crazy. It's super, super crazy how everything transpired. I mean, I was... I was not new to the institutional game, you know, which is better known as prison. Um, I sometimes called camp. I understand. Sometimes True. called camp. Sometimes By called the, the yard. In the, mm -hmm. yeah. Sometimes yeah. called the clink. Sometimes called. There's a thousand slang words we could go into, but I, I'm I'm gonna put that right there. Um, moving on from the slang terms, if you need to be educated, maybe we'll have a um, a spoken word before or after. Um, for your viewing pleasure or listening pleasure. <laughs> translation of the slang words. That trans translation of all the slang words. Okay, so yeah. Um, well, if you're going to use slang words, do you want to go ahead and tell us now what they are and, and what they mean? Uh, there's no way I could possibly. It's so many. It, okay. It's built in. It's almost like a built-in. So you, don't, you can tell the story without using I, the slang words. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll try to do that, and and, and um, what I'll do is is after we've. We we figured out what we said. I'll make sure I'll explain at the end. To save time. Um, so, you know, I'm fresh on on the new camp on the new on on the yard, but it's not my first time walking the uh, prison uh, hallway. You know, I started off in a maximum security prison. Went through the meeting with those steps very quickly, you know, just because of uh, an awakening, awakening that had happened in me, which I decided to pursue with just a vehement. Just inside of you, or was there a program? There, um, it was that brought it out of you or into. Yeah, you? there. It was a series of things that that really just put me on my path. You know, um, there, and I was in. Pretty much solitary confinement for the first 14 minutes, 14 minutes, 14 <laughs> months of my sentence that didn't feel like minutes at all. The minutes felt like hours. You know, you have three books, a golf pencil, and three sheets of paper that you can have in your room at any time. And those books only come around once every two weeks. And sometimes they don't get changed out. So there's that. The, the programs though were they were fly by night they they if you were lucky you got in and you shine and you know you the the, the speak the volunteer if they liked you they could select you from your cell when they come in once or twice a week they would stand at the bottom they couldn't really they couldn't really distinguish any faces or anything they could just it was pointed cells and if you made an impact then they would bring you back so because it was a revolving thing, it always had to be random. 
you, you know, uh, I got into uh, Alcoholics Anonymous there, um, where that time of me getting sober from this, my addiction, I didn't even know I had until I got to prison. Um, and then the physical, <laughs> the physical factors <laughs> definitely caught up with me. Um, needless to say, I lived in a blur. I've been on my own since I was 16 years old. You know, um, I was orphaned by my mother at 32. Uh, she was a really, really young woman, but she had an old soul and did really, really good in raising me. But, you know, her, her passing away made me turn my back on my upbringing and my home training. So I became a hoodlum <laughs> for a little while. Or sh I, I wouldn't even say all that because there's so many things that happened to me um, through my identity being trying to be uh, resolved because I'm biracial. So that was that was confusing. A, very confusing. So yeah, uh, uh, there was there was alcohol not anonymous. There was uh, there was several religious meetings that came through that I made sure I was in every single one. You know, just trying to figure the th this thing out. And um, there was uh, Anna's meditation, uh, which I never even thought I knew. You know, if it wasn't for that solitary confinement, I would have never tried meditation. And I'm so glad that kept me alive in there. You go insane sitting in a room counting bricks every single day for 14 months with no music and no sunlight. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I learned mindfulness and acceptance through that and got outside of my moral superiority complex that I, I thought was a religion that I tried to cling to and um, found value in every man through this program, not only in meditation, but as really, really, um, really, really present in AA and NA. And did you meet Mike through one of those programs? Actually, I met Mike through uh, Yoke Fellows. Yoke, that's, that's, Yoke, Yoke Fellows. Fellows was one of the spiritual programs. It wasn't offered in the jail, but it was offered right the, in, in the prison once I got processed. The Yoke Fellows is a fellowship of men who take responsibility, accountability for each other. You're mm -hmm. divided into small groups, and you instead of a big message or doctrine uh, throat gouging, <laughs> it, it, it brings it, it brought us to a place of uh, familiarity and uh, and a really personal personal responsibility for each other. Um, and so that's when you, that's where you two first met. That's where, right. that's where we first met. Can we met. turn it over to Mike for his impressions of that period also? Yeah, sure. Of, of that period when we met or? Well, or you can go back to the beginning for yourself too. Let's, let's kind of do a skip a little back and okay. then get forward and then do a little more forward. Okay. I'll, I'll uh, transition is this somewhat the same of course i did more time i did uh well, how, 14 first, years four first, months how you got into prison yeah i went to, i went i got arrested for attempted murder and on robbery i went to rob a guy he fought so i tried to kill him so and, there and wasn't the, an actual murder no he well he is it's god that he didn't die because i cut him from ear to ear Ooh. but he 
But you, but you were accused of attempted murder. Right. That's basically what it was because it was te technically it's, my charge was it's called assault with deadly weapon, intent to kill, inflicting serious injury, attempted murder. Yeah. yeah. On paper, it's it's not on paper. There's a difference because on paper, if it would have been attempted murder, then it would have rendered more time. But I mean, I know what I did, yeah. so. I don't, I ain't gonna, I'm not going to check with code it. So, and ended up getting arrested in December 6, 2002. Got my time August 2003. Went through maximum security. Was in maximum security for right at eight to nine years. Uh, uh, I got a pass. So, the culture, the atmosphere, and maximum security. I, I was familiar with because it was wasn't much different than the lifestyle I lived. Uh, thankfully, I ended up getting medium custody, which is a lower level of security in prison for inmates. From from that, I went to minimum minimum security, which we call honor grade or green clothes. You got five years or less before you go home. Typically, unless depending on the just uh, the time you got arrested, they're different dynamics that come into play and it would take too long to explain. When Tony and I met, I uh, at that point in my life, it fully stepped into who I felt like I was supposed to be from the spiritual ideology that I adhered to, that I adhered to. And when he that met, you, I was- That you learned in prison? Well, I learned it outside, but other, other lifestyle had a, had a greater attraction. So I went to that. When I went to prison, it was like I got a chance to sit down and start looking at me. The institution's like a monastery. Yeah, it can yeah, be, yeah. yeah. And and I'll say it wasn't. I don't. I don't credit it to the facility. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I bettered myself through the belief system I adhere to, and to those who adhere to the same. And would and ironically, what many people don't realize in prison. These men held me accountable. You used it for your own transformation, right? Because I, what I, in hindsight, uh, the man that was developing during those fourteen years, four months, the correctional facilities, prisons, camps, could have never done. In my perspective, and with fourteen years in, I feel like I hold a. Uh, I reserved the authority. To, you did it, yeah. Yeah. And you met Anthony in Yo Fellows. Yes, Yo Fellows. Yo Fellows. We carry the same yoke right. together. Oh, yoke. Right. Mm -hmm. I right. heard it as yoke. That's it. Right. Yoke Fellows. We're right. plowing the field together. Okay. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, and, and like I, 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 I would have never went to something called Yoke Fellows if it wasn't for. Mike Scott, you know, Mike Scott, he, he, he seen me having a really hard time accepting my structured sentencing that they gave me as a, a drug dealer. Yeah, I, I had no idea. I had no idea that, that the time that I, I had carried its weight. Like the, there was the same, there was a person that did the same thing I did. You got 45 days in jail, you know, um. I had 30 co-defendants, and I was the only one that went to prison, so I already felt cheating. And, um, You're mad. <laughs> oh, oh, I was mad. <laughs> I was mad, but I'm going to tell you, uh, 14 months in a jail cell meditating. I'll show you 
how to forgive. That's a remarkable. Okay. Um, so, so meeting each other. Mm -hmm. Let's focus on that. The, Absolutely. The moment of so, meeting each other and how that turned into. Yeah, Mike Scott was. Yeah, he was like, dude, let me give you this. This you're wanting something uh, that you don't have, and he gave me some doctrine called. Uh, being with Leah and desiring Rebecca is like, let me show you something. Like, read this, and then I want you to meet Mike Hall. All right, go talk to him. Don't talk to him before that. Don't, because Mike, Mike, he, he's the biggest guy in the yard. The dude's pushing, you know, 450 multiple times, you know, on the incline bench. I mean, he is, I don't know, I ain't never seen him do it. No. <laughs> I'm just playing. But yeah, man. So is that a quote from the Bible? What? Um, no, no, it's actually the doctrine was was doctrine. It, it was a story in the Bible that yeah, talks about so. you know uh, Jacob how he he worked for fourteen years to get his wife Rebecca, and um, yeah. it's a pretty crazy coincidence he spent fourteen years in there so he knows all about it. Yeah, um, it, it Mike was a, a no BS dude. If you're a phony, you're a fake. He will expose you and. You knew better not to talk to him. Okay, he's got this present. You know, like when a man's and man done some time, that that kind of time, you don't mess with him, especially if he's picking, putting four or five plates in that bar <laughs> on each side. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, I, I I didn't want to play. I don't want to play around. I want to be serious. I want to make sure my struggles are real, and I felt it. And uh, I. I expressed it in Yoke Fellows, you know, we we um, we had we had a small group together and uh he told me to come by his bunk and just started giving me stuff, giving me Wait, all who's he now? Mike? Mike, or yeah. Okay. Mike, okay. Yeah. And he started giving me stuff. <laughs> he was like, Man, here take read this, read this, do this. All right, I see in the way pile. I, I didn't even ask. <laughs> And I mean, just show me really like in real growth, there's no comfort. Okay, um, you're gonna have growing pains. It's 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 gonna be tough. It's, you're not here to be comfortable. You're not here to be comfortable. Okay, and I didn't waste a minute. Yeah, I, I didn't waste a minute. And you know, I, I just thought that going to to this green clothes on a gray camp was just gonna be a cakewalk, and I was gonna be going to the going to the outside world all the time. I was going to get home visits and I wasn't going to have to think about prison. I was going to go right back to my old lifestyle. But just the implementation and the guidance from this this guy called my accountability partner. Everybody knew. So you became accountability partner yeah. in the Yoke Fellows program. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's important to say. Yeah. Which people don't, people who have never been in or, or don't or not a don't have somebody intimately connected with them that have been in prison would think wouldn't occur. I'm, I'm gonna say yeah. this sidebar. Yeah. Uh, for for us that have been to prison, the people in prison are no different than the people in the street. Absolutely. The 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 the, the idiocy, which I'll call it. He says I'm no nonsense. I'm still no nonsense. I'm, 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 I call it idiocracy. I'm, I'm pragmatic. <laughs> it's either black or white. Yeah. So, but you know, the people still it still have the same 
mental issues, emotional issues, physical issues, whatever, they may manifest those issues different. But we all do that. We are all unique in our own way, but we're the same. I remember somebody telling me I hate jailhouse religion. And I was like, what? We don't do nothing no different than y'all do out here. You go, to, you come to church every Sunday too and go back and do whatever you want. So, so I guess you got street religion. Mm. What's the difference? But we, we, found a com- we found a camaraderie. I forget the scientist's name year over, it's years ago, I mean, long, I'm 47, as long as I've been born. He said, naturally, people gravitate to people that not so much like themselves, but like themselves. You know what I mean? If you hear that euphemism, we, we, we aren't alike, but there was a commonality that allowed us to do this. Especially for me, considering I'm naturally an introvert, so I really don't do people. What, 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 what happened? I had two cousins who were like brothers to me. Literally, we called each other. But matter of fact, their mother, even though I knew she was my aunt, I called her my sister. So I'm family oriented at heart. So when I saw him, it was like a little brother. And the sense of accountability that, okay, here's a young man looking to become a better version of him. Let me help him along. Uh, I'm a prison profession. The prison support community, you don't say help, but considering where we was at, let me help him along. Not become like Mike, not become like whoever. Support, support him. Right, but, but be a, become a better Anthony. And it transpired to the point that he kind of, as I'm mentoring him, he kind of pushed me in a way that was way out of left field. I did not expect it. And that form was, he came to me one day and called me dad. Oh, oh so it started with Anthony. And I was like. <laughs> no, and considering I had, I have two older daughters, now they're 30 and 29, and we weren't talking at the time. I hadn't talked to them, literally. I got arrested in 2002 since 2000. So when he came, it was like. Where does he see? Wow. No. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and you so know, and so you adopted him. I, yeah, I, I call him. I call him son. Yeah, yeah. And and what that did is, in in prison, it kind of not saying anything anybody ever approached him, whatever. But people would come and say, "Your son, your son." Without like anything being funny or anything like that. Yeah, know? well, no, because yeah, in prison you can say dad. And it means it means something else. Yeah, I own you and get in the cell when I come exactly. up. Exactly, but it was just—I mean, it, it was unspoken the way the the way that our walk was, and I mean, people were noticing when you can when you can when you have a thousand five hundred to a thousand men at any given moment, all know that this this isn't. And you initiated it. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, I always wanted. A, I'd always wanted a dad, you know. I, even even if I could learn from and because you never had a dad. and never had a dad was raised with no father, and no and the, for him to call me that and my dad not really being in my life, you know, it was and like your daughter's not mm-hmm. being in your life, and, right? I mean, and when I heard him break down about the, you know not seeing his kids and, and like I hadn't seen my kids for the entire time I was in prison when I when I went when I got my time, my ex wife took. Her kids took the kids and, and moved, and I didn't. I didn't. 
communicate with them the entire time until the end when I, and with my oldest daughter. That was it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I felt that and I was like, you know what? Man, this, uh, look, I'll be your kid, bro. <laughs> so, so it really was a boost to you to find, you started calling him pups later. Yeah. To find a dad. Yeah. And it, and it did something for you to have a yeah. son. Yeah, because of course, as a man, and I'm a better version of myself now through the power, I'll use the Hebrew name, power Yahweh through Yeshua. Uh, always wanted a son. Then when he, when Tony came, not only did it bring of uh, a, a, a relationship and fellowship, but also increased my level of accountability. Of course, until I'll say this to my own detriment, till about a year before I got out, and I went to hold for a cell phone to hold the segregation, isolation. Mm -hmm. But you know, it was. Well, you were accountability buddies. You were called that. Yeah, even. yeah. I mean, so, but he. The thing is, like, nothing, nothing changed. I mean, I, I knew just because he he had a, a rule broken didn't make me think of him in any any different light. I mean, yeah. and and when I, I seen that, I, I it was able. It was helped me. It helped me forgive myself for my crime, and, and it made me see that my kids, the way they may see their pop, because. I had this paradigm of how things should be, and I and I thank God for it. I'm sorry you had to go to the whole community and learn that, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it was necessary for me at that time to go to the whole. I realized that in hindsight, I was like, I'm glad I went to the whole because I had a position on the facility. Yeah. You know, I was I was a position one of the trust. I mean, he was, trust. Like, this man it could was, walk under doors for him. Right. And that's so some pride crept in. Yeah, right. because the, the, the officials trusted him so much. You know, the yeah. way he, he walked, they were just like, yeah, all right, Mike, do whatever but you need to do. But there was that one more lesson you needed to learn there, huh? Yep. So, yeah, I even um, seen a guard give you his keys one time. <laughs> so, how, yeah. so how now, then you got out of prison. Right. And you continued this relationship. Who got out first? Uh, Did I get out first? I think you got March out. March 2017 when you get out? Yeah, you got out first. I got out 18. And how yeah. how has knowing each other changed your lives? Would you say how can you say it in a broad kind of way? Like without Anthony, without Mike, that certain things would not have happened for me. Like is it is it? Can you look at it that way? Or um, I would number one, I'd have uh, uh, I would be engulfed in dad bod. <laughs> in what? In the dad bod. Uh, dad body. Yeah, the dad body. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I wouldn't. I, I'd be. A, I'd be a fat boy. Number one. Um, I, I. I wouldn't have the discipline that I have. Even though I mean, I'm not saying I'm the best, the most disciplined person I have. But I. I'd, I'd seek comfort. Yeah, I'd seek a way out. You know. Um, you learned about discomfort. You learned learn to accept dis discomfort from Mike. Absolutely. So is that what you're most grateful for? 100% yes. What are you most grateful for, Mike? It, meaning Tony, others like him, but, you know, with Tony, it, it showed me something in myself that, that my Heavenly Father had already de deposited into me but I didn't really know it was there. 
you know, because I, uh, Oh, all so I had is was it, it. Is it like Tony was depending on it being there in you? Was it like Depen that? I don't know I if don't I ever thought I, I about it. Like just, that. No, yeah, I, I will say no, no, because it, it may be use that. We may <laughs> it may uh, indeed be that. But this, I mean, seeing him realize, you know, realize things about himself, you know, that were promised that 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 he had doubted before, and then I was able to reassure him, like, look, man, you. Ain't, you haven't lost clout. You're not too far gone. Okay. We're, I'm still, it's, you're good. You're okay. You're okay. It's okay. I mean, to so let him know. So he gave you reassurance and he, um, and he clearly needed you. Like, right? he's still my dad. I don't care what yeah. you do. I mean, I son, don't, I, I, that's, that's, the father. So that's, that's, and it's having the, someone who needed you and needed right. you to. And everybody who feel, everybody want that feeling. They, like they need it. You know what I mean? In a healthy sense. Yeah, but I in mean, it showed sense. me. It's healthy to need each other. Right. Yeah. That's right. I need my wife. Because yeah. some stuff, she better than, far better than I am. It, it showed me how to have unconditional love for men. Because I did, I don't, like, I had no, I I, I didn't care. I was just like, okay, uh, you mess up. I see, I see you are. All right, see now you. I you're checked off. Mm -hmm. right. Exactly, exactly. Now I can hurt you. Now I know how yeah. to hurt you. Exactly. Yeah, I mean that's what's that's part of what is really remarkable to me about the two of you that that you have so much love for each other and you're so open about it and and here you you met in a place where I thought to survive you had to be tough and not show that stuff and yet that's where you found yeah. your love well, of each other. Well, in maximum security. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if. The relationship, here's, here's, here's something that, that I think is necessary to say. Yeah. Uh, our meeting and how we met and where we met, I believe, with the Valley Center, we met in a situation where, again, it was, it was on a grade. Security was low. Mm -hmm. And I'll confess, in the max security, I've been at, at the time, the worst prison camp in the state at the time, which was known as Lanesboro. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had guys that I was good. I'm talking about close friends, but we we uh, he he couldn't have called me dad there. No, no, you couldn't show vulnerability. No, because I'd have had to more go at somebody for trying to make him their girlfriend. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. you couldn't be vulnerable. You couldn't show vulnerability. No, no, no. no, you not yeah. completely. But once you got out of maximum security, right? It, 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 it it's got more lax. People know. Up. Okay, I'm I'm going home. I'm not going to try that. It's Right, and people maximum security. They're live. Okay. They're there for life. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, it, okay. it's. I was okay. This is beautiful. But the, also, the one of the most valuable things about Honor Gray was I was like, it, which really like filled in a part of my life that I missed when I was a kid. You know, like I could get up in the middle of the night and I can go to Paul's bunk and be like, man, I need to pray, bro. I just had a bad dream. You could go to his room. Yeah, I could, my bunk. I could, his bunk. Your yeah, bunk. we weren't so in was cells. It, was it more like a dorm? No, it wasn't. Yeah, and we could go outside in the night air, you oh, know, and wow. and and yeah. away from everybody. Yeah. I, it was. I thank God for that freedom. I mean, this is the last. So you you didn't meet until you were there. Right. Yeah. Okay, got right. it. And you had both been through some of the really hard, difficult, yeah. the most difficult. Parts yeah, but also you know, like carrying your brother through that, you know, and and being able to look at, you know, 
the sky and just scream and pray, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is, man, or just cry. And that's you know. where you could call each other dad and son. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or I mean, pops and son. exactly. And, and, it, and, it, and it broke so many barriers in the, in the place of being able to process emotions. Yes. You know, it, and that's where you, that's where you learned meditation from Anna. I learned no. I learned meditation with Anna in the very beginning. Okay, yeah, that beginning. was in Max. Okay. Yeah. So, so um, what do you want? And I want to give each of you a chance to answer this because you might have very different answers. What do you want everyone to know about what it's like to be a man in the prison system and then transitioning out? What do you think people do not know? that we who have not been in prison need to know, and about men specifically, because I imagine that the women's part of it had, might be a very different experience. Yeah. First day is not the day to party. Okay, you want to start? Uh, yes, I do want to start. I mean, every, everybody wanted to, you know, they had all these plans for me. My, my, my transition to the, the outside was not easy. I mean, it was rushed. It no, was no. First, first about being in prison. About but what? What do you? What do you? What do you want everyone to know about what it's like to be a man in the prison system? If you haven't already said it, and I, then I want, and then transitioning out. I, I just want, if there's any inmate that is listening, I want them to know that, you know, you're still a man. You're still a person. You're still a human. Okay, um, don't let that system tell you otherwise and you turn matter. you into a you machine. Yeah. You do matter. You matter. Mm. And that I, I don't, I'm not going to put that in any kind of paradigm. You matter. Um, the, the, a lot of times you become reprobate because you're trying to avoid the dismantling of your mentality by a machine that is so poorly set up that you just become a rebel. And you become reprobate. Because it can be so dehumanizing. It can be so dehumanizing. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I've had sergeants say, no, I mean, I had been fighting fire at, for a year and a half. I had already done 30. Literally, literally. you were a firefighter. Yeah, I was a firefighter with the bridge pro program. Yeah, let me, no, this, <laughs> no, I risked my life for $1 a day, okay? Uh, I mean, dug fire line, ran from 100-foot flames, and, you know, literally, like, dug holes in the in the ground to breathe because of the, the, the smoke was so thick. I, 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 I risked my life for the state for a dollar a day and a Subway sandwich. You know, for some so days, down every once yeah, in a some while. I, I did thirty-six hour days sometimes. You know, we would climb all the way to the top of a mountain. That's that's how it works. As as a wildland firefighter, which was the bridge program, you work directly with the Forest Service. Mm -hmm. You go in a suburban, use the same tools, have the same pack. And that you, was one of the programs you got yourself into. That, exactly, yeah, it was the program I got myself into. That's the first program I got into in honor grade. You. Climb the, the to the top of a mountain where no vehicles can go, <laughs> and then you dig from where the the fire can can burn at the highest point all the way down to an anchor point, which sometimes may be the bottom of a mountain. Okay, so yeah, um, I so being in prison. I was told, yeah, being well, I, I was any, told anything more that. You no, know, what I'm saying oh, is, okay. is is like I served in this program, yeah, and 
I, I thought that had some kind of merit because they made a mistake in, in sending, relocating me at one point. And I tried to talk to a sergeant and the sergeant told me, he said, listen, boy, you're a convict. You'll always be a convict. I don't care what you do or what you will do. You'll always be a convict to me. So, so nothing you say you, will ever matter to me. Down. That's how you get turned down. And I thought that that had some, some I, I thought that what I've been doing 38 fires later had done something, something. And still, but you know what? I, I knew who I was. I knew that, that I had, you know, uh, uh, I had a purpose and I had, you know what? And Mike, and Mike helped, he, he gave me, he gave me, he gave me, he told him, he said, boy, he's <laughs> like, you know, that's the police, man. That ain't, that ain't what they say don't matter. You know, yeah. he's like, he's he like, who you matter? He focus on what really matters exactly. and what's true. Boy, what true. yes, absolutely. He, he showed me what, showed me what, so what really So maybe mattered. one thing to know for all the rest of us is that when you're in there, you need to find somebody who's going to do that for you. No, 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 no. No? <laughs> no. No. It can only be by divine appointment. It really can't. Yeah, okay. It has to start taking place in you first. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because, because, uh, and again, I'll say this today. And then the support will come. Right. I'll say this. It, it, it is no different than, to some degree, to some degree I'm talking about as far as human nature is concerned, it's no different than being free because you got to be careful who you give your trust to, mm -hmm. lest you be taken advantage of. So yeah. even when he met me, it was, you know, I talked to a lot of people, but it I don't know nobody on the camp that I let get as close to me as Tony did. I let Tony. So do you want to say anything about what you want people to know about being in prison? It's, it's, the hard stories, some of them are true. You know, I come through maximum security. I was a gang member before prison. Mm -hmm. uh, there are tough times. There are times. I remember first getting arrested. Uh, thought I was getting to get it on with this guy, meaning scraps. Thought I was going to have to stab him. I was a Christian, leading Yeshua. But you won't do nothing to me. So, but what again at the start of it, what it did was, I you know because of that, and I'm thankful, thank the Most High because I it, I started. I'm an introvert, so I started. It was it was okay for me to be alone. Mm -hmm. But what happened divinely that alone time, I start I started seeing myself. And once I started seeing myself, now that I'm sober, I'm no longer. Uh, industries, being a thug, gangster. Keep in mind, I come from, I grew up in a neighborhood in Baltimore City. Didn't leave Baltimore until I was 26. Part of my t teenage years, if it jumped off on my block, they came and got me first. Uh, ended up addicted to heroin from the time I was 18 after my mother died. When I was, my mother died June 14, 1988. Uh, 1990, I ended up addicted to heroin. Uh, crack cocaine later on. So all of those things came into place. When I got to you know, all those things sedating my, my, my mind. Once I got to prison, I was able, what, it, what happened, I was able to stop. Not I was able to stop, I was forced to stop. Absolutely, I mean, you have to, you have to adopt the spiritual principle, you have to, right. like mine, uh, it'll tell you an AA program, tell you everything, uh, you know, whatever. And mine is, is the Greek word metanoia, which means to turn from 
what you were doing and go the opposite direction. Total change of heart. Okay. And and I, I did that as soon as I got out. I had that vision and I ran after it. I didn't look like right to look. I didn't want to play until I got my vision. Like, uh, I mean, I, I own a cannabis company right now. And it sounds crazy, you know, because you're like, okay, well, you're going, I thought you were going away from drugs. No, we focus on the, the CBD aspect you know, of, of that. And I'm not going to run too far with that, but you know, it, I'm trying it's to, addictive. it's non-addictive. It, it's healing people. It's, it's taking the prescription pills, which I went to prison for out of people's medicine cabinets, you know, that are killing people. And there's so, been so many people that have demonized it, including like the president in the Philippines, you know, that's, that's, um, killing people for, yeah, stop it for, for um, Basically, you know, the you can akin the prison system to the outside world. I mean, you'll find dictators like, you know, my wife is in the Philippines right now and she is under a dictator that's killing people for using cannabis, you know, and to the uh, the, the slavery and the structure of of the works, the the work system, or the uh, the em employment system, where you're you're stuck, you know, in, in an endless cycle. I mean, if you if you create you create that same network, you go to those programs, you continue to go to programs, you find people, you, you get involved with your com uh, community, like we map. After you're out. After, after you're out, yes, don't stop. There don't are, stop there are ways programs. to continue the same program. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, see, I didn't even know that. The, there, there are ways, and you can find like you just got to reach into your 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 community community and make your box. Okay, make your make that make it work for you. Make it your your controlled environment. Okay, then that and that could be that's. That's what Mike did with the change agents. You know, he continued to mentor people, took that second step in, in, yeah. in stepping up to manhood. So you, when you come out, those support systems of other people who have been in prison and are now out are waiting for you. Is that right? I'm a hybrid. I'm a phenomenon in regards to people getting out of prison. Okay. Typically, guys get out of prison don't end up with the success stories that we had. Yeah. The recidivism rate is is actually factual. However, how what's what is it? Uh, 90% return. Okay. Yeah, it's like not so, those, yeah. So if there are 90 programs, plus, everybody, give or take, everybody doesn't yeah, get thought, into the programs, right, but are, right. but you're saying that there are programs for you when you come out. When you come out, you, but you have to find, have they, to find they, they, it's, them. it's not like it's not like uh, when when he and I get out, there are people saying, "Come, Come in. on here!" <laughs> yeah. Right? They're not, not calling over the speaker right. saying, "Yeah, it's all right. It's time to eat. It's time no, to go to your program." No this program is happening. Are there uh, programs? From my experience, are there programs set up in prison that say, "Listen, go here, go here, yeah, go here." I have a friend of mine that's that's been to prison. Now he's a re he's a leader in reentry named Philip Cooper, just had a situation I've met him. where a few people got out of prison, they had no social security card, no ID. How you let people out of prison knowing, for the, at a minimal sense, no ID is a charge called roll of vagabond. You can get arrested for not having identification. So I get arrested, no identification. Then they roll me up and, and look at, and wrote, run my name and say, oh my God, and, and now I'm, I'm back in this cycle again. 
So while there are things set up, our, our credit justice resource center here, uh, Brent Bailey, uh, uh, son, uh, 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 Amanda Jo Carey, Philip Cooper, Tony you Shivers. You have to seek them out. You, you have to seek them out. Okay, okay. Because, and, and I'll say this to no one's shame, because there's so many people get out. At a, at a certain site, at certain times of the year, that it's impossible to some degree, and I use that word impossible loosely, for them to be at the gate saying, hey, when you get out, come here, come here. It's the response, it's really the response. Since the state of North Carolina calls prison correctional facilities, DPS, Department of Public Safety. So one of the avenues of public safety should be not so much incarcerating people, but also working with these people so when they get out they don't come back i can go into right. if you do that they ain't gonna make no money then industrial, then industrial, industrial then complex would be a correctional right but then the correctional ain't gonna make no money they make money off a lot of people up exactly they make people out of keep people in the street right. that's that's just right. i mean why well, i'm not gonna really sit there and make it like the prison system is trying to help people no it's not yeah no, it's not. I mean, they have a presence to help. Like a lot of the, a lot of times, they're just so. There are exceptions. They need. They. They. The mind can only. The mind can really only actively care about 152 people at a time. Okay, um, they're giving these programmers 300,000 plus, plus, yeah, inmates to deal with at a time. So there's no way to personally actually structure a program for each personality and be able to take space in for that that person right. you have to work really hard you have to work really mm -hmm. hard okay i'm yeah anything else about the transition out this is this um is yeah i just want to really tell everybody that the temptation that was there when you left it's has been lived and wasted the entire time it's been waiting on you wait so say it again the temptation that left that that you left when you walked in that door mm -hmm. has been lived and wasted the entire time you've been there okay <laughs> <laughs> so be ready so be ready yeah, yeah. be sober be vigilant because yeah. the devil is a worn lion seeking whom we have made they want you back in their clutches oh what <laughs> So <laughs> so, how did you how did you navigate that so successfully? Um, I'm gonna tell you one thing. It wasn't through a woman because the devil was once an angel. <laughs> so don't go that way. <laughs> don't put your confidence in a woman. Don't get yeah. out and just freaking marry your your jail wife. That's not gonna be it. No. But just staying just staying focused on your your true goal. That's outside of romance. Okay. Okay. Um, don't make romance your goal. Your goal. That's right. That's part okay. of your wisdom now, isn't it? Absolutely. Don't make romance your goal because it's, it's not. That's not it. Your goal should be your future, your economic stability, your mental health, your children. Okay. If you're a father. Your All right. mission. In your life. Men we we have we have and we we um, have mentored this program called Stepping Up to Courageous Manhood by Dennis Rainey, and um, the steps are. Boyhood, adolescence, manhood, mentorship, and then patriarchy. Patriarch. Okay, so can walking in those steps and, and you trying don't to mean treat patriarchy in the negative sense. Mm -hmm. No, because patriarchy can have a kind oh, of very negative. much so. Well, yeah. no, don't no, make, that, don't just, make me go there. It sounds yeah. like it. Sounds <laughs> like it does. As, a, as a woman, I'm aware of that. Once you right. start Indeed. getting into a community yes. sense, like I mean, there's not a one size fits all. So you you better be able to. 
you know, do the waltz really well. Well, I mean, the warrior as an archetype or something like that. Right. Well, maybe that doesn't work for you. I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm, part, I'm a chaplain for Sports Academy. The name of it is Gladiators. Sports Academy, so I identify with the warrior. Yeah. 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 But, in the, but we, through the Gladiators, we teach there's a warrior in you. Let's show you how to uh, implicate him in life in the right way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Not like the way it got you in. Right. Um, anything else from you, Mike, about um, the transition? Yeah, you, you, you f for me, I'll say, from, oh, I can only speak from my experience, you, you, we tangible people, so of course we want stuff to touch, people to hold, shake hands with, but the, the thing you have to do before getting out is look within yourself and be honest with yourself. Mm. Because when you get out, as you said, the temptations, I worked out 445 incline, deadlift 605, 10 times. But guess what? The temptations that, that I yielded to, they got me in prison, they've been working out too. Mm. So <laughs> I, I have to, mm. you, you have to fortify yourself, your own heart and mind, and say, no matter what, I'm not going left anymore. I'm not going right. I'm not <laughs> turning. Make, make a commitment. Make a commitment. Right. Right. And right. make a commitment to keep to your commitment. <laughs> right. Like I, I, he shared, I train guys inside of working out. Uh, listen, no matter what, what path you take, there's going to be some stress, if that's the right word to use. Matter of fact, no, if you go left, there's going to be some stress. I'm going to say this. If you got, if, if you want to, you want to have a bebop mindset, you better stick to jazz. <laughs> I gotta say, because as soon as they see you playing, you know, uh, some metal, because it gets metal on metal, I'm gonna tell you right now, that community is gonna question everything you do. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Sorry, that was, that was a that's, little far that's out. That's some but, of the words yeah. that. But yeah. you, 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 I, for, for me, I had to say, you know what? I could easily go back to what I was doing, but now with a clear head, thank Yahweh, I realize the, 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 how detrimental the consequences are for going that way. Were you most concerned about consequences for you or consequences for the world? Yeah, what for, were you focused and, and, on? And I'll say this, and I still hold to this, the world didn't matter. Because if you fall into that way of thinking, yeah, well, I want to make sure everybody, then you're probably going to end up back. Mm. Yeah, you so got to get to the place where you what? Right now, don't nobody matter but me. Got it. Uh -huh. Because it. at the end of the day, I can serve everybody else, end up back in the situation, and all those everybody else's I serve, they going on, and I'm going to be the only one over here. Absolutely. Right. So I had to say, say, you know what? My wife asked, what's the chances? You, what's stopping you from going? She asked this a year after we got together. I said, because I had enough of that. I said, because see, yeah. I said, I said, the reality is, I know that pain. I know that like a fly. You ever want, you ever look at a fly with all them eyes? Wonder what, how in the world he run into a spider web? <laughs> all them eyes, and he ended up in a spider web. The spider web reflect color. He don't see the web, he see the color in the trap. So I realized all that color over there is a lie. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, some struggles going this route. And I point you to right meaning the favorable route. Yeah. And according to what I adhere to, that's the right-handed 
right hand is right hand of God, so forth, so on. But I'm going this way. Yeah, it got some struggles. But I realize if I go this way, the struggles over there is going to cost me more than going this way. These struggles is like working out. Yeah, it's hard, but my muscles developing. So the fly also was probably flying too fast. Is there a piece, yeah. is there a piece yeah, of this that, fly. Don't that has to do with slowing yourself down? Yes. You have to slow yourself down when you get out. Right, let me exhale. And yeah. make sure yeah. that every step is right. the way you want to be going. Right. What's the old cliche? Can you see the forest for the trees? You were not yet. I remember when I first got out, all I, I got, well, I knew how to operate a phone. Because anyway, did you stay in touch after you got out? Yeah, yeah. I made sure he called. He was, was you working? Yeah, you were working. I called you the first day I was out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why well, was he was in when yeah, I got out? He I mean. was he okay. was calling. Yeah, yeah, you stayed. Okay. But I I got to the point. I said, you know what? I want to see the trees and the forest together. This is a forest, and yes, I realize it's a forest. But let me look at each one of these individual trees at the same time. I first got out of prison. Man, I took pictures of ducks in the creek. <laughs> I love you the learned, hike. You learn. You learn in, in prison to to appreciate every single little thing. I mean, down to like yeah. this a paperclip. A paperclip could yeah. be a tool that oh, that could carry you through years, years. Yeah. Okay, uh, of oh my gosh, like people come back and call you. Hey, can I borrow your paperclip? <laughs> oh wow! So, yeah. Okay. So, well, I appreciate the little 